Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, and my mate, James Jones. West Ham's absolutely historic, magical Europa League journey finally came to an end last Thursday with a defeat away at Eintracht Frankfurt, which saw us go out, um, oh, well, we lost on the night, go out on aggregate as well, of course, that 1-0 defeat in Germany after Aaron Cresswell's early red card saw us lose 3-1 on aggregate to the German side who progressed to the final against Rangers in Seville. It was an absolutely incredible adventure. The players done each and every one of us supporters proud. Obviously it's disappointing it came to an end but I think we can just all be so so glad that it happened given where the club was you know, just two seasons ago, we finished 16th in the Premier League. So the idea of getting to a European semi would have been miles from any of our minds. So to see the transformation job David Moyes has done is absolutely fantastic. We then bounced back in excellent fashion and thrashed Norwich 4-0 at Carrow Road on Sunday. And with Man United losing to Brighton by the same scoreline, gave ourselves a real shot. At finishing sixth ahead of the Red Devils, it does rely on either them losing to Crystal Palace and us beating Brighton, which we never, ever do, and also getting a win against uh, Manchester City, who may well be uh, needing a win to secure the title for themselves. It's exciting stuff. Jonesy, brilliant to have you here. Very, very sorry for being late to the podcast recording. Uh, It's the morning after the night before. Me and you were lucky enough to be invited along to the West Ham Player Awards at the Grosvenor House Hotel. Thanks very much to Betway for that invite. Uh, a brilliant evening was had all round, James. That's not even the excuse for me being late, to be honest. I just completely forgot we were doing a podcast today. Yeah, I, I did wonder whether you may have been slightly hungover. 
because uh, when I left you, you, you were beginning to look a little bit worse for wear. Um, <laughs> one too many wines. Um, but yeah, like, great night. Mm. I was actually quite surprised that I didn't wake up with a hangover, given the, the, the volume of alcohol that I, I ended up getting through. And I woke up. Did, woke up did pretty, you think it was sweet. that bad? Because I, I thought it was like, I'm okay. I feel totally no, fine. I, I, felt, really. I, I felt a little bit of a dry fine. mouth. I, I thought you were going to struggle because when we were leaving, um, I kind of I said, right, I've got to go. And then you were like, okay, I'll come with you. And I was like, so I've got to get the last train home. And then I got halfway upstairs, turned around, and you're standing literally in the middle of like everyone on your phone. I shout your name and go, Will, what are you doing? And you just kind of look at me and you give like the little universal gesture for, I'm going to get another drink, mate. And then pointed at the bar. And I was like, no, I thought we were going, mate. No. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't like, think... Pleasure. I don't think I was that. I, was, I don't think I was that keen on leaving. I think I was, I was having quite you, a good time. You definitely time. weren't. You definitely no. weren't keen on leaving. I mean, obviously you could have stayed, mate. You didn't have to go and Ireland. Oh yeah, but no, it no, was um, fantastic night. Very. It's been an emotional what, five days, isn't it? Really, mm. um, after oh, Thursday night, and then the, the the big win on Sunday, and then and then listening to Mark Noble and Decker, Deckers and David Moyers. Gushing about the season we've had and, and all mm. the rest of it. It's been it's been very emotional. No, oh, hasn't it just mate? An absolute roller coaster. The Mark Noble stuff last night was just just something else, wasn't it, really? Yeah. You know, to hear him speak, he was getting emotional on several occasions, wasn't he? Um in the speech he gave to to all the punters who were there. And I mean, yeah, it was just I mean, I, I I loved it. It was such a such a privilege to be able to salute the players at close quarters after what's been a phenomenal campaign. Um, but yeah, listen to Mark at the end of his last season, he really was. He was, you know, he was getting choked up quite a lot talking about his time at the club and just saying, you know, how much he's enjoyed the last two seasons, even though he hasn't been playing, um, because the the manager and. Uh, David Moyes and his staff, how hard they've worked to get the club in this position. You know, finally, uh, it just sort of almost felt, it feels really nice. And Mark seems at peace, doesn't he, with his decision and that he's sort of leaving the club in good nick, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it says a lot about where his his head's at when before he'd even started answering questions on stage, he said, can everyone give a round of applause to to the manager and the players for, for what they've done over the last two years. And, mm. you know, even though it was his moment and he was like, nah, before we get onto me, let's just all acknowledge what, what that squad's done and what the manager's done. So I think he is at peace. He's quite happy. Obviously he's got the big, the big game on, on Sunday, obviously his farewell. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think he knows his time. Mm. Um, even if it is eating, eating away at him inside. Cause, um, because, yeah, obviously 18 years at one football club. It's been his life, hasn't it? Mm. So, yeah, um, we, he said, strange. didn't he? He's been there. He's been at the club longer than he hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, I thought was mad, quite a clever way of putting it. Yeah, but Declan Rice saying, um, admitting afterwards that he, he keeps on trying to persuade him. Excuse me. Blimey, sorry, Jonesy. Oh, that <laughs> yawn's come out of. Um, <laughs> very unprofessional. Um yeah, Declan was saying, wasn't he, that he's been trying to persuade uh, Mark to do another season uh, just because of how much he's done for him and how much he's developed his game. He did an excellent interview with Governor B afterwards. Um, yeah, I just thought the whole thing was brilliant, mate. There were, and the winners as well, I thought, were pretty worthy. So, 
Manuel Lanzini, goal of the season. Absolutely no doubt for that one at Crystal Palace. It was an absolute belter. Kate Longhurst won Women's Player of the Year. Um, and you had Alphonse Areola uh, with save of the season uh, for his save against Seville, wasn't it? Which was mm-hmm. an absolutely outstanding stop. Uh, Jared Bowen, Players Player of the Year. Declan Rice, Hammer of the Year, of course. Uh, Craig Dawson, Performance of the Season for Leon Away. Um, yeah, also... Also an incredible achievement. And then, am I missing any out? Was there team performance team of the performance season? performance was Leon as well, wasn't it, I think? All right. Yes, it was, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, what a phenomenal occasion that was. Um, but yeah, well, did you have any sort of um, complaints or thoughts or musings on the evening or the award winners or anything like that? No, I think they all went as expected. Uh, we, we both had a, a mini debate in WhatsApp before about who should win Hammer of the Year. Mm. Um, Declan Rice is a worthy winner, no complaints. But um, I think Jared Bowen was a, a serious shout and I, I would have been quite happy to see him win it. Mm. Uh, I just think you know, the, the, the mad start after his two assists against Norwich where he's the first person to Canio in 99-2000 to get double figures in goals and assists in the same Premier mm. League season. 22 years since the players last done that for us. Mm. Um, 16 goals in all comps. Like West Ham players don't score that many goals in one season. Mm. So, no, wingers. Yeah. So, like, but for me, he he is my hammer of the year. Declan Rice is obviously also deserving. But I would have liked to see Big Jared up there. Mm. Maybe next Big year. Jared, the world's shortest bloke. But, <laughs> um, do you think? I just find. I just think it's realistically no one is going to pay 150 million pounds for Jared Bowen. Someone may pay that for Declan Rice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, but uh, no, nah, it was a brilliant evening, mate. So yeah, thanks again to uh, to Betway for inviting us along. Absolutely wonderful. Both looked uh, reasonably sharp, I would say. Yeah, we wore our socks this time, didn't we, mate? Yeah, well, I just, a few I'm people scared. pointed that out on, on social media. Yeah, yeah, I'm scared to go out in public um, without them these days. Well, look, um, yeah, it was a great evening. Uh, don't forget, uh, you can follow me and Jonesy on social media, like he was talking about there. You can get the podcast on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. I'm at William Pugh underscore James is at by James Jones on Twitter if you want to follow our personal accounts as well. Um, and where else are we, Jonesy? Instagram, we, we are West Ham Pod on Insta. We are we are West Ham Podcast on Facebook. We're the same on YouTube, so go over there and you can check out the channel. Uh, and you can email us at wearewestampod at gmail.com. If you so wish, the links to all the ways you can follow us and contact the podcast are included in the description below. And you can buy us a beer and support us, if you so wish, at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestham. That's buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestham. Donations start from as little as a fiver, and the money goes directly to Jones United to be spent only on beers, uh, guest fees, or equipment for the podcast. What's coming up on this week's show? We'll start with some reaction to that Eintracht Frankfurt game. Uh, I was out there in Germany, Jonesy watching it at home. So we'll have a chat through how different emotions and why we thought the game went, etc., etc. Uh, then we'll discuss that excellent 4-0 win at Norwich on Sunday. We'll do the Betway charity bets. We'll have an opposition view ahead of that mouthwatering clash against Manchester City. Chat a little bit about West Ham women and then we'll say goodbye for another week. I hope that sounds acceptable to you lot. And we'll start with the Eintracht Frankfurt reaction. 
next. So, Jonesy, out of the Europa League at the semi-final stage. What a journey it was. 1-0 defeat in Frankfurt last week after an early Aaron Cresswell red card. I don't. I'm just, how, how did you feel? How do you feel now? Uh, it's obviously Tuesday we're talking. So, a bit well, of time's passed. Yeah, now I, I feel, I just look back on it with, I was just still disappointed, um, particularly in the way, the way it ended. Um, with the Ricard and Moyes kicking balls at ball boys and Rice accusing referees of corruption and, and all sorts. It all, kind of, it all kind of ended in a, in a fashion that I think really many people was expecting. But I look back mostly now with just pride, you know, like when the group stages were drawn back in August, September. Uh, Europa League semi-finals wasn't on anyone's radar, really. Um, even if the, the group state, the group the group draw was relatively favourable to us, no one thought we'd get that far. You know, no one thought we'd get that far. And we drew severe. severe. Leon was a tough a tough draw as well. We got through both of those and um, frustrated that over the two legs against, particularly the first leg, I felt like we were good enough to you know, avoid defeat against Frankfurt. Got very unlucky, mm. hit the post three times. But just kind of shot ourselves in the foot in the second leg and Frankfurt, you know, worthy winners over the two ties, I think. Um, and worthy finalists. But you've got, you've got to look back now and go, yeah, just proud. Just proud of, yeah. um, proud of what David Moyes has done for us, what those yeah. players have done for us, the experiences they've given us. I'll remember Leon away for the rest of my life. You know, what a day that was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, disappointing but proud. But that's it, though, mate, isn't it? And that's, this is the point here: is that you know, it, the, the, that's how I feel about it. These these things, I will remember them forever. That Leon away game, I mean, that is sort of unrivaled for me, really. Now, you know, there's, I, I just, it was just magic, wasn't it? The mm-hmm. feelings that we got from those, and I still. Now, you know, I don't want it to, I don't want it to end really, but I still now, mate, just get such a, you know, just the, just thinking about it makes me happy. I get like Mm. a rush of endorphins again and a rush of emotions again. And I'm really sort of apprehensive or I don't want, you know, I'm worried that that's going to stop one day or that gradually I'll sort of, obviously I'll still think back to it, but I can, if I think back to it now, I can feel it again. And, I, you know, all of the emotions that we had at the different times and the being overwhelmed and just smiling and whatever, I can feel it if I think about it now and I don't want that to ever stop. There's the, the classic saying, isn't it? You know, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Mm. And, you know, it's Proper cheesy. good cliche, that. Yeah, it's yeah. as cheesy as it sounds in this scenario, in this situation. Yeah. There's no other better way of putting it, I don't think. Yeah. You know, right. it's literally as if that cliche was created purely for West Ham reaching a semi-final and not <laughs> and losing. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah like, that's how I feel now. Mm. Um, but um, on Thursday night in particular, I, I didn't feel that way at all. No. I, I was just just gutted. Mm. Um, the moment the red card was shown, yeah, uh, the tears started already because I was just like, yeah, it's over. Like, I yeah. just I was sitting on the sofa, just like. I can't believe it's come down to this. We've lost a, mm. an early red card. 
So yeah, but happy now. Yeah, that 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 did that was sort of the. I'll be honest, mate. I just managed to feel like like I feel now. What I was saying at the end, I was obviously there with with my dad in the stadium, and it, I don't know. I just straight away was just like, well, this has been amazing. This has been an absolute magical journey. All right, it's a shame it's over, but it, it, I just was. I was just there straight away. Really, it wasn't. It was a bit of a feeling of disappointment, but I honestly it was just over overridden by the other positive feelings I'd had about the whole thing really quickly. Um, there was very much that, though. And that was the only sort of slight negative feeling I had about it. It's just such a shame that it happened in that manner. I think, you know, it, if we'd have just gone hammer and tongs and uh, even lost on penalties or not even that, but just gone hammer and tongs toe-to-toe with Eintracht Frankfurt in the European semi-final and come out as the losers, well, okay, you know, that, that that's going to happen at times. Um, but I think just because of the nature of it, really, as soon as that red got shown, especially given the score from the first leg, you, I, it was just sort of like, ah, oh, and then felt like you just had to endure the rest of the game, really. Not endure because, but it just didn't feel like, I didn't really have any, it, sort of all my hope had gone then really. Yeah. And then especially when they, when they put the ball in the net, what minutes later it wasn't long afterwards was it when that goes in it was just like oh well you know um that's the end of that then uh yeah which i don't know i'm not sure mate it's just that was the only feel of disappointment really i'd have liked to have just gone all out and at least scored like we had a couple of chances didn't we to score in the game Mm. um but yeah i just think the fact that it was like killed by a and non, it were we weren't like beaten by a worldie or like an excellent move or a clever set piece or anything like that. Well, it was just like oh, we've had a man sent off. They got a tap in ten minutes later because they had an extra man yeah. um, in that area of the pitch than we did. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just it was disappointing. What did you what what did you make of the game at home? Because it did. Although I say we sort of had a couple of half chances, it didn't really feel like. Again, perhaps because of the score from the first leg, it just didn't feel like much of a contest to me. When Chris Will goes off, they takes Lanzini off, doesn't it? And I think that mm. poor that old Lanzini away, as well. Yeah, yeah, gutted. straight away it just kills most of our creativity. It, it completely just shows Frankfurt exactly what our intentions are for the for the what, the, the next hour. And that is, you know, we're going to try and score from a set piece or, you know, a counter attack. But most of the time, we're just going to let them have the ball and soak up the pressure because we're not going mm. to have the midfield to be able to create anything. Um, and I think Frankfurt did pretty well, actually, to to kind of just completely nullify us even further and then mm. got the goal quickly. And I think that helped them even more. You know, but even before the red card, we needed to score, what, two goals to win it or a goal to take it to extra time, suddenly it's um, the same, but with, with 10 men. And then suddenly it's three goals to win it and two to the extra time of 10 men. And, you know, Frankfurt could have maybe got a little bit complacent knowing they had yeah. a cushion and an extra man. And it may have got us back into it. We did a couple of classes, uh, chances. Suchek had a, had a couple, mm. I think. Um, but poor old Antonio, even before the red card was isolated a little bit, 
even more so. He just ran his socks off for the rest of the game, but just couldn't get anywhere near the ball. Mm-hmm. Rarely touched it. It was just chasing shadows. And that was just kind of the, the pattern for the rest of the game. We were just trying to trying to create something out of nothing most of the time um, and almost got one back, but it's just a mountain to climb in it. And I think, mm. I think Frankfurt played well. Their goal, it wasn't tapping, but it was well worked. Um, and over the two legs, I've got no real complaints, really, in terms mm. of who deserved to win. I don't even, I I'm think, not even sure about that, mate. I just think we, we said it last week, didn't we, that in the first leg, that, yeah, Frankfurt were good. Um, but we probably, you know, we did enough to get. We created of, enough, yeah. We, you know, we did enough. We hit the post twice, bar once. Um, we did enough to at least come out of that with a draw, but we didn't. And Frankfurt were also worthy winners on on the day. It was a very, very even contest. You go into the second leg thinking both teams are very, very evenly matched, and I felt that from the very beginning. Both mm. sides very evenly matched. Um, but they just they their game management and their management of the over the two tires was just far better than us. Yeah, um, I just and I they, think they the deserve early incidents. The, yeah, honestly, I, I, I genuinely don't think there was anything between us. I just think it's two huge moments because not being fun. That's what's annoying about the Cresswell thing. I don't want to. I don't think people fans should be going in on him two footed like some no. of them have been. It's not been too bad, to be fair. The guy's given us eight years of unblemished service. Uh, he loves the he loves the football club. He's got a good connection, like a good relationship with the fans. He's, yeah, he that he'll be gutted by that. He obviously was with the Leon one. He'll be absolutely cut up, and I just don't feel like it's worth. It, I do was, think he probably should have learned his lesson. I also think the foul and the red card was soft. It, I, I thought this one, but both his red cards were were very soft. I think, but mm. um, this one wasn't helped by the fact Zuma left him isolated. No, again, that's he, exactly. Yeah, he, he went forward. Um, tried to read read the ball player basically sold him a dummy and put it over the top of him mm. and Chris Wells isolated um, and he either you know he's resting for the ball uh, while the ball's not even reached them yet he's resting with a, you know yeah it was just weird wasn't it and then by the time the ball comes the striker's already on the turn he's already tangled up with him you know mm. like they're going to give the benefit of the doubt to the attacking player if he goes mm. down um, I thought it was soft, but he wasn't helped. He was left isolated. He almost not much more he could could have done. Oh, I do just think. I think. I think at the same time, if he doesn't put in the effort that he did to try and get get to the ball, yeah, or doesn't challenge the striker like he did, mm. striker comes through rounds rounds Ariola or scores or whatever. Mm. Then suddenly everyone's blaming. Okay, he hasn't been sent off, but everyone's blaming him. Going, what the hell are you doing with one with now? Two nil down, well, two nil down in terms of goals. We need to get back over the tire because he's poor defending. So he's got mm. to try and defend the ball. Um, and he's got to try and you know beat the striker to it, and he, yeah. he misjudges it. And but the difference is he's not centre back. Mm. He's, he's not supposed to be in that position. No, um, no he's not used to being in that position. So um, that's where I think it went wrong. But over the course of the two legs, mate, I think a lot of it came down to just bad luck as well. Yeah, well, that's um, what that's where I sit more on it. Hit the bar in the last minute, the first leg. Hit the post twice before that. Yeah. Um, Red card after twenty minutes in the second leg. Yeah. 
just nothing went our way. No, no. Nothing went our way. And, and it just is what it is, really. But that's where I find it a bit uh, peculiar or whatever to... Because uh, I don't think we necessarily did deserve to lose. I don't think Frankfurt played better football than we did or were or, were or are a better football team. No, I, we're, I just we're think, even, I think. I think we were yeah. evenly matched. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, sort of a lapse from a lapse from Crestwood. I reckon we would have had enough to take that game. Well, we did, I thought. Would have had enough to take that game to extra time at least or the tie uh, in that second leg. But, yeah, not to be. Um, what did you make of Moisey then? <laughs> Him getting sent off at the end. Declan Rice, as you mentioned already, uh, giving it to the ref about being paid. Um, a little bit unbecoming, but uh, <laughs> I think it's just frustration at the situation, really, wasn't it? And <laughs> I thought, I mean, honestly, I, the more very Sunday league, was, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought it was very, all, very Sunday yeah, league. I thought it was all quite funny. I don't mind a bit of that. It sort of shows a bit of a bit of passion and a bit that they they care about the. The cause, the competition, and and the situation they've got themselves in shows they're human a bit as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was funny. He probably will get fined for it. I saw. I saw one headline. He's going to get banned for three games for a European game. It's like Declan really? or David Declan, Moyes. Yeah. Oh right, Declan. And then David Moyes one. Just he lost his head, didn't he, for a minute? Yeah, just <laughs> he lost it. Um, and afterwards, I mean, he was like, "It sat up nicely for me on the volley." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got to laugh at it. You know, when you look back, but I find I've obviously seen the, the clip back. I find it weird that you know, the ball boy didn't wasn't didn't give it back as slowly as I thought he had. He kind of just kind of he did leave it a little bit short for him, but it wasn't like it didn't look like he was. Belted it home. Like, it didn't look like he was. Like, he did something completely out of order to waste more time. <laughs> he did give it back to him, just a little bit short. So to, to pick the ball up and just back it back at him, I just thought, oh, Dave, what have you done, mate? Yeah. Like, and that's that close up of him because the camera's right in front of him. And the close up of him, yeah, it doesn't put him in a great light, does it? But it, it's funny. It's yeah. funny, and uh, yeah, that's that's just another thing. It kind of all just ended in. In a way that no one really expected, you know, red mm. card, David Moyes losing the plot, Rice accusing the referee of match fixing, and it's like, hang on, this isn't what the way we thought it was going to end, but it did, and got the back and laugh on those little things. I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree, mate. Look, but what a, what a, what an amazing journey it was. We'll obviously do our uh, end of season review podcast like we do every year in a few weeks, so we'll go into it all in a bit more detail then. Um, but yeah, just that that game. Shame it's over. But like you said, Jonesy, I'd, normally I'd, I hate a cliche like that because that's the sort of thing that you'd see on the wall written in like fancy writing at some, someone's house, isn't it? Um, yep. And uh, yeah, normally I'd swerve away from those things like a bad smell. But uh, in this instance, yeah, I think what you said, and I definitely am. I'm, I'm slightly sad it's over, but I'm definitely far more glad that it happened. So. Uh, yeah, I like that from you, Jonesy. That's West Ham's Europa League departure. What a campaign it was, losing to Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany last Thursday. Uh, and stay with us because we'll look back to that Norwich game next. So, Jonesy, bounce back ability is a term, a ridiculous term coined by some ridiculous person. I can't remember who or when. Um, but West Ham showed it in spades at Carrow Road on Sunday. 
they emphatically beat already relegated Norwich 4-0. We had Jake Watson on from TalkSport last week who said that's pretty much what's going to happen. It is how it went. Um, yeah, another good 4-0 win away. I think we've broken a couple of nice, decent stats um, or decent records along the way, which I'll pull up shortly. Um, but what did you make of that that victory overall? That's a, it's a perfect fixture for us, I think, after Frankfurt going to already relegated side um, who nothing to play for. Um, but I thought it's very, very professional performance. Good to see Saeed Benrahma get on, get on the score sheet a couple of times. Jared Bowen, yep. superb again. Uh, Antonio's got a, well, his first goal in about 300 games. <laughs> um, just a really good performance. Uh, a little bit miffed that Benrahma didn't take the penalty. Um, yeah. Hat trick. I know Lanzini is the the penalty taker if no one isn't on the pitch, but surely you give that to you give that to Saeed, didn't you? Really? I mean, so it was that was for four nil, was it? Was for four nil, yeah. So yeah, the game's yeah. won. The game's won, and you got a player on the pitch who's already scored two goals, and you don't give him the penalty. Yeah. Was there? I didn't. So I didn't see. I didn't see on match of the day either. There didn't seem to be. Any discussion between them? Or they no, just didn't, didn't show it? Was there anything like that? I didn't see anything. Ben Rahm was the first part to go up to him and celebrate with him. Yeah. So, it's just a clearly, you know, I reckon deep down he must have been disappointed that he, he wasn't he wasn't given it. Mm. Um, I'm surprised Lanzini didn't go, go on, mate. Unless David Moyes has gone absolutely under no circumstances yeah. to be changed the penalty. Well, that's <laughs> exactly. And I quite like that, to be honest. I just think it's one of those, isn't it? I mean... Yeah, I know you'd like to think that we weren't going to throw away a lead <laughs> and Norwich come back for 3-0 down. But it's just, I, it's one of those classic ones, isn't it? It's like, yeah. oh yeah, let Ben Rama take it. Ben Rama misses, Norwich come back and draw 3 all, And then everyone's, the Moisey's in there going, yeah, I don't know why we didn't. Like, he's good at penalties. We need the goals and the goal difference. It matters more than any soppy storyline. So I like that. I'd rather just, no fanning around, just... Uh, Get your penalty taker on it. He's, his penalty record is amazing for us, isn't it, Lanzini's? Like, he is, yeah. Almost as good as Nobles. I mean, he's missed one, I think. Yeah, maybe one, but... Yeah, out of like nine or ten or whatever. The thing with um, Ben Rama is we know he can take a penalty. He scored the winning penalty against City in the in the League Cup in the shootout. So we know he can mm. take a penalty. Um, But yeah, that's it. That's the only thing that, that really miffed me. But all in all, good result. Like a really yeah. strong result. Does good for the goal difference at this stage of the season if it does go down to the last last day. Um I think that is top seven wrapped up now. Wolves do have a game in hand, but um It's against Liverpool. They've still got to play Liverpool and City on the last day and they've got mm. Norwich in between. So provide they beat Nor- Norwich, they're four yeah. points behind us. Um so they have to they have to beat one of Liverpool and City and hope we don't pick up another point between mm. the last two games to have a chance. So, top seven looks like it's in the bag. And with United pretty much just forgetting to play football, forgetting to, you know, forgetting what, what they're doing, we've got a chance <laughs> sixth. Losing 4-0 at Brighton, who had scored just 12 home goals in their last 13 home games. <laughs> United came to town and they just, they just whack on them. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Um, the stat I was talking about, West Ham are the first visiting team in history to win consecutive games by four or more goals at Carrow Road. What did you make of that? I did see that. I thought, my first thought was, oh, that's quite a good little record. Mm. And then I remembered that actually 
the both both of those games have either come in, we've relegated them, or they've already been relegated. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a cool cool little record to have, hmm. but yeah, not not really that surprising. No, no, that that is true, mate. That is true. Well, look, uh, as you mentioned there, Jonesy, it's it's you know, there's a what 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 do you think then? I was just going to say about the uh, Europa League um, chances, basically. So you've sort of described it there quickly, but effectively, West Ham seventh at the moment, played thirty six or on fifty five points with a goal difference of plus eleven. Absolutely, <laughs> excuse me, absolutely phenomenal, by the way. Um, that it looks like obviously we've still got to play City, but it looks like we might finish the season with a, a positive goal difference. It's been a long, long, long time since we did that sort of thing, so that's good. But yeah, three points behind Manchester United. Uh, we've got two games left, they've got one. Um, and their game is away at Crystal Palace, which you'd say was winnable for them, obviously, but that's not a that's not Patrick Vieira is getting a tune out of Palace, Palace 10th. Um, he's getting a tune out of them. Sellers Park never an easy place to go. I don't know. I, I do you feel like I'm being because if they lose that game, all we need to do is I say all we need to do. Yeah, all we need to do is beat a team that we've never beaten in the Premier League, uh, <laughs> or beat Man City, who are likely to be uh, winning the Premier League or needing to beat us to win the Premier League on that same day. So I'm not exactly full of confidence that we'll reach that points level anyway I think we said last week I thought we'd get four and I thought that would be a win against Norwich almost certainly a nil-nil or a one-all against Brighton <laughs> and then a, a defeat against Man City what what your hopes for our chances of that um, I, Europa League spot I think I think because we've got to play City uh, I think we pro- it's probably asking a bit much to to, to finish sixth um, I Although we've never beaten Brighton, I wouldn't be surprised if we went there and got a result um, if we needed to, to to finish sixth. But I don't think it, I don't think we'll get that far. I think seventh is where we'll finish. I think mm. we just need the one point to secure that. I think that's what we'll do against Brighton. We'll get we'll get a result there, a draw or a win, and then that's us. That's us for for seventh. I don't see us finishing sixth, unfortunately. And annoyingly, someone pointed this out on Twitter that. You know, had Mark Noble not missed that penalty when he came off the bench earlier on this season, it'd be it'd be it'd be on. And had mm. had uh, you know, I'd not scored that last minute winner. Rashford scored that last minute winner at Old Trafford a couple of months ago. We'd be above Man United now if it wasn't for those mm. two those two lot defeats against them. So it's the way the season goes, isn't it? But I'm, yeah. I'm, it is losing it is. to Brentford at home, losing yeah, to Southampton at home, yeah, 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 drawing you know, with Brighton, obviously, drawing with Burnley, yeah, uh, exactly. Mate, even as recently right. as that, yeah, yeah, our home form's been a bit peculiar, isn't it? Yeah, it's some well. good wins as well, but um, yeah, so, yeah. no, I'm, I'm with you on that one, mate. Yeah, but look, good win um, at Norwich, excellent season it's been, really excellent season it's been, whatever happens. Um, but yeah, West Ham seventh, still in with a shot at sixth. Probably a long shot, but uh, yeah, realistically could still do it. Stay with us. Betway Charity Bets next. Well, Jonesy, finally. 
you have had a winner in the Betway Charity Bet section. You left it very, very close indeed. Game number 36 of 38 before you decided to come up trumps for the DT38 Dylan Tombini's Foundation with your Betway Charity Bet. You went nice and easy, nice and just predictable and low odds, don't worry, just so you didn't have a big fat zero on the board at the end of the season, I'm delighted for you that it's finally happened. What did you go for uh, that's seen you and how much have you won for the DT38 Foundation? I, I'm relieved more than anything, mate, that I've finally got that. I was beginning to get a little bit nervous. Um, but I went for West Ham to win over two and a half goals and West Ham to have over four and a half corners. The odds are 11 to four. Hmm. Uh, so that's £137.50 profit. Which is not what I wanted to be on at this stage of the season, but it's better than zero. It is so, better than zero, mate. I'm happy with that. I take yep. it. Yeah, excellent, mate. No, I'm. Uh, I'm pleased. I, I'm glad you did that last week. I was like, come on, no rogue ones. Just go for something like reasonably straightforward that's likely to come in. And uh, yeah, fortunately for you, it did. Have you got the running totals there, mate? Um, I'll just run through it because I was agonisingly close. Uh, this week for to win in my own one as well. And Josie, we were just saying off air, weren't we, how hilarious it would have been um, had I won a bet on the same week you won your first one and for more money. Uh, you wouldn't have found it hilarious at all, I've just learned. but um, So I went for uh, West Ham to win more than 3.5 goals in the game and Jared Bowen any time. The first two parts of that bet your way. Three-legged bet obviously came in and Jared Bowen missed an absolute sitter, didn't he? And absolutely <laughs> like three yards out or whatever, somehow managed to hook it wide. Um, it was only when I watched it, but I sort of heard that he'd missed a chance. Uh, it was only when I watched it back on Match of the Day, I saw how absolutely terrible it really was. Not impressed by that, mate, at all. So she right. <laughs> so she right for what? Just being good at betting. Just being good at betting this season. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this season. yeah. Uh, and Reese went for both teams to score Norwich over 6.5 corners and Mark Noble any time. Uh, Reese was quite annoyed, actually, wasn't he? Because he... Um, yeah, because obviously we had the penalty and had Mark Noble been on the pitch for that, he almost certainly would have taken it. Um, and it wasn't to be. Manuel Lanzini did... Uh, West Ham still won the game. Um, I'm not sure as far as uh, corners go, though. Norwich did. They had Norwich had nine corners. So uh, yeah, Reese would have been Reese would have been in the money as well on that one. Um, but Norwich didn't score, did they? They weren't even close. So no. uh, twenty to one. That probably explains why the odds are so long for Reese there. Uh, what have you gone for this week, mate? This week I have gone for. Uh, over two and a half goals, both teams to score, and Bowen two or more shots on target. Right. Uh, I think I think we might call City some problems. Yeah. Um, and they're going to, obviously, they need to win for the title. Um, I just think we'll we'll cause them, we'll, we'll make it difficult for them on the day, and I think we'll, we'll cause them a few problems. So right. I'm backing us to at least get a goal. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's Reese gone for? Reese has gone City to have over nine and a half corners. Uh, Creswell any time, which mm. he's done that a lot recently, isn't he, Reese? Yeah, and, he likes uh, that. Over three and a half goals. I think that might be some big odds. Yeah, 
Yeah, it sounds it sounds like it. Right. Um that is gonna be long. Now I'm deciding on the spot, Jonesy, and I'm I'm willing, as it's the last home game of the season, you've got some money. I want us to get some money, uh, so even more money for charity. So I'm willing to ignore my West Ham bias and my desire for West Ham to win. So my two bet my two legs I've decided on so far are over three point five goals in the game. Manchester City to win. I know it's not good to vote bet against your own team, but I'm I'm willing to do it as we're coming towards the end of the season. Uh and I need one more. I was just trying to think of of a goal scorer one maybe. Um or I don't know, or corners. I don't normally do corners. I normally swerve those because I find um, that I don't do very shots well. Shots on target. I could do shots on target, couldn't I? Yeah. Um, Antonio, well, he's not going to have any shots on target though, is he? I mean, I'm, not, I'm avoiding if, Antonio. If we're going to score, it'll be from a set piece. So does that sway your thinking a little bit? Maybe a big, big Ballon Dawson header. Yeah, I mean, we could. I might just go BTTS in. Yeah, fine. Okay, right. I'm scrapping Man City to win BTTS uh, Dawson anytime. Yeah, I like it. Um, right. Yeah, that's that's me. That's that's booked in, Jonesy. Uh, I've gone over three point five goals. Both teams to score. Craig Dawson anytime. Uh, it's been brilliant so far this season we're with the Betway charity bets. I'm just going to get up the uh, running total. James was, of course, delighted that he uh, he managed to get his first win on the board uh, for the whole season, the 36th time of asking. But it takes our grand total for the season to £7,025 raised. Uh, that includes uh, the bit that Betway are matching. So we're actually at uh, £3,512.50. Uh, it's just the money we've raised between us. James on 137.50. Thanks for that win this week. I've got £2,475. Reese has raised 900 uh, So, yeah, with the money that Betway have kindly agreed to match our winnings, that takes our grand total for the season to £7,025. So, a little bit short uh, of what we hit last season, Jonesy, was it not? Um, well, I think we were at 12 and a half grand all in, weren't we, with the money Betway agreed to match? So, yeah, yeah a little bit shy of that, but still two games to go. Um, and fingers crossed, we've got six bets, six chances to it, to rack that total up a little bit more. It'd be nice if we can we can hit the 20 grand mark if you combine the two seasons. I think we've gone about 19 and a half, right? Over two seasons, so it'd be good to good to hit the 20,000 pound mark for charity yeah. over two seasons, wouldn't it? Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, look, that's the Betway charity bets ahead of that game against Manchester City this weekend on Sunday. James, I'm absolutely devastated that I'm not going to be able to go. I'm not able to go. I'm working. I tried to swap. I tried to get the day off. It's just not happening. So my farewell to Mark Noble took place last night at the Player Awards, but I am. It's I'm a good just one. Trying not to think about it. I just can't believe I'm not going to be able to go. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be another emotional day. Like, mm. like the last ten days is just going to be so emotional for every West Ham fan. Non-stop tears. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, be good. give him a good send off, mate. 
I'm gutted, mate. But yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, at least we get uh, we get a bet or two come in and raise a bit more money for those three charities. I'm playing for the Bobby Moore Fund. Reese has been playing for Isla's Fight and James for the DT38 Foundation. Go on, Jonesy. I was going to say um, he's got two he's two appearances away from 550. Mm. Do you, if you're Moyes, do you make sure he plays in in both both the following games? So he brings up 550 appearances. Don't know. Maybe you give him. Well, he's obviously going to play him Sunday, isn't he? No, yeah. as in not start him. Do you but... play? Do you play him against Brighton just so he can have his 550th? If I'm yeah, noble, maybe I'm like, throw him on. If I'm noble, I'm like, make sure you put me on. I want to end on 550. Can't, yeah. can't on five four nine, can you? Bit OCD, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. can't do it. Can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. Uh, just a reminder, you can back uh, those bets for real if you so wish. So this weekend, those Man City bets, you'll find them on the Betway website and app under pre-built bets for the West Ham v Manchester City game. Just scroll down, you'll find the We Are West Ham podcast. Mine will have my name against it. James's will have his and Reese Bayliss will have his. Uh, yeah, if you so wish. That's the Betway Charity Bet. Stay with us because we'll have the opposition view next. Okay, so now I'm joined by a good friend of mine, good friend of the show as well, uh, massive City fan uh, from the 93-20 pod on uh, a huge occasion, actually, on the anniversary day of that Aguero goal. At the 93rd minute and 20 seconds of that huge QPR game, the, the day the City won the title, 10 years ago today, it's Steve Tudor. How are you, mate? I'm very good, mate, yeah. Um, it's brought back all, my, all the memories today. Um, 10 years on, still can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, I can't even believe it's already been 10 years. It's, it seems like well, so much has happened in those 10 years, both yeah. on and off the football pitch, that it, it almost seems like yesterday, because that goal is almost like every time I go on Twitter, someone's tweeted that goal again. It's just always, always at the front, forefront of your, uh, of your mind. So ten years is is pretty mad, and what a journey, mate! Since then, it's been unbelievable. Uh, numerous league titles, um, numerous trophies. Pep Guardiola. I mean, that's mm. wonderful. Yeah. Um, so no one could have foreseen that. But I mean, a decade on, I still think it's going to hit the post. So every time <laughs> I watch it, honestly, every time, or the thought goes through my mind: what would have happened if it hit the mm. post? Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. What what a moment! Definitely the the best moment in Premier League history for me. Um, nothing so to really that. kind of um, to show how much we've kind of moved on or regressed, prop is possibly the right word uh, in that time. If you go on a Liverpool forum from that day, because obviously they were so chuffed that we you know deprived United of a title, and they were so pleased for us. I mean, they genuinely <laughs> were so pleased for us. Can you imagine that happening today? Ten years. I oh, know. I know we're going to get onto that rivalry in a bit, actually. So I want to ask <laughs> you about that. But first up, bring back to present day. You're on the verge of potentially another mm. title. Two games away from from what is it, fifth, sixth title? Yeah, it'll be the fifth in six years, is it? Yeah, we've no, so we've done three and four, so it'll be four and five. Incredible. And Liverpool seem to be kind of just slightly going off the board mm. a little bit. They've got a lot more to think about than than you guys, but. Yeah. Do you think you're going to do it? Do you think that obviously you've got to, you've got to play the mighty West Ham first? But do you, do you think it's yeah. in the bag? No, no, because we've got to play the mighty West Ham. I mean, <laughs> honestly, though, in, in the build up to this, I mean, after we played Liverpool, it was a case of right, we both now go our separate ways, a handful of games left, and everyone identified Wolves away as the problem game for City. It's like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, straight away after that, we've got the Amers away. That's a far trickier game. Um, I certainly didn't expect to, to you know 
batter Wolves as we did 5-1. No one does that to Wolves at Molyneux. Um, but I was quietly confident. This game, I'm not, because you guys are going for top six. You're mm. just in great shape right now. Um, you've caused us problems of late as well. So, and, you know, as we'll come to very shortly, we don't have a defence. We have yeah. no defenders to speak of. So there's a lot to be kind of, you know, worried about. As regards to the title as a whole, we can afford to drop points. We can afford to draw um, and then obviously beat Villa hopefully next week. So I do fancy us for the title, but I'm not at all confident about the weekend, no. I mean, you're certainly probably playing... You may have been probably a little bit annoyed that we didn't reach the Europa League final because obviously that's yeah. next week. Yeah, yeah. And had we got there, then it would have been the kids against against City on Sunday because we would have been able to worry about um, Seville in three days later. But it's going to be a, a full strength side because, as you said, we're, we're going for six. But we'll get onto that. One thing I was quite surprised about was the way City have bounced back since that defeat to Real Madrid mm. in the second leg, and the manner of that defeat and how heartbreaking it, it must have been, and how not just for the fans but for the players as well, and Pep and. Pep even admitted after that you know, it's going to take a bit of time to get over that and the disappointment yeah. in the manner that it happened. But you've bounced back and, and scored 10 goals in two games against Newcastle and Wolves. There's that, there's that quote, I think I've got the right quote, but it's, you know, it's nothing more dangerous than a wounded animal. Yeah. Do you think Do you think that's the case here, is that you know, City have so wounded from what happened at the Bernabeu that now it's like, do you know what, let's just get the job done now. No one's going to get in our way, from, in our way for that title. Definitely. It was two ways it could have gone. And I did a podcast straight after the Madrid game. And I basically said, I really, really hope that they're hurting. And I really hope that they're, they're angry um, mm. and that they take it out on the Premier League. And that's precisely what we've done. I don't know if this fact is true. It was, it was, it's an optostat. It has to be correct. It just sounds so inconceivable, this. But we are the first top flight club ever to have gone five games uh, consecutively winning by three-plus goal margin. You, surely that's happened before in like the 1920s or something when you used to get those mm. ridiculous goal lines, but apparently it's never been done before. It's not going to happen this weekend. We're not going to continue it, but it just shows what the response has been. It's been so comprehensive. It's been so angry. Um, we've just been taking it out on sides, and that's exactly the right response. And to be fair, that was the response I kind of anticipated because that is in the makeup of his squad. Mm. Uh, we've seen time and time again. Um, I know there's enough to be kind of, you know, um, complimenting City about. So I, I understand why it's not mentioned much, but the mentality of this squad is absolutely elite. I mean, it really is. We just go again and again and again. They're relentless. Mm. Um, so I, I, I hope that that'll be the reaction and it certainly has been. It's just, they're really pissed off. I mean, you see in Kevin De Bruyne, at Molyneux. I mean, he was just a one-man army. He, he, yeah. When, when Wolves um, equalised, he was furious. And that's exactly the response you want to get in that tight kind of title race. Yeah, I'd, I'd noticed the way he, the way in which he celebrated those goals as well. He looked angry mm. <laughs> with the goal. I, was, I, was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't recall him even smiling. When, when, when he, even when the yeah. fourth went in, he didn't, he didn't too too happy about it. Um, let's, let's touch on that that rivalry with Liverpool quickly, Steve, in that before we played what, twice in a week, played the Premier League and then the semi-final of the FA Cup as well, I see a lot on Twitter about people claiming this is the best the best Premier League rivalry ever. Mm. They're, they're unrivaled. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from how good United were back in the day or Arsenal were the Invincibles and all the rest of it, of course. But they are phenomenal, both of these football teams. 
But the managers get on and they're quite respectful to each other. And let's yeah. face it, a big part of the Arsenal United rivalry was Wenger and Ferguson. And had City beat Real Madrid and had there been a Champions League final between City and Liverpool, mm. that would have really just established it as one of the all-time rivals. Um, and it may happen, may happen again next year, you just don't know. But you're absolutely right. Kind of Liverpool have been there or thereabouts now for three or four years. They've had one drop-off season. They've had one season where they lost one full season and still somehow we managed to win the league that year. Um, and of course, they had their, their great kind of title winning season. And they're, they're back again. They are incredible. I'm not taking anything away from that. But mm. City have got the longevity. And it's, until Liverpool have that longevity, then I think we'll always lord it over them, no matter how good they are. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely up there. It's, it's a truly great modern rivalry. But yeah, until the managers have a few little snipes at each other, that's what really makes it interesting for me. Well, that's it. I mean, when I think of greatest ever Premier League rivalries, I think of United-Arsenal in the early 2000s. Yeah. You know, I think Arsenal-Chelsea, Mourinho-Wenger. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, at the moment, I don't currently think of City-Liverpool on the pitch, 100%, but as, as just all-round fierce yeah. rivalries. I think it needs to go on for a few more years yet. Um, and I think we're going to move on to probably the biggest news coming out of City over the last week or so is Erling Haaland and mm. how how managing to sign in, first of all, for 60 million quid, which is, you know, just ridiculous fee for a player that good. Um, and yeah. Ridiculous in that, I mean, it's pocket money, isn't it, really? Must be buzzing that you didn't spend £100 million on Harry Kane last summer. Yeah. And does this then kind of put you then, you're going to be favourites again next year, but that's one up on Liverpool already, isn't it, ahead of next season? Yeah, and they've got the Mane and the Salah situation and the Firmino yeah. situation, which I know they've brought in Jota and I know they've got Diaz, but they still need at least one or two strikers, which cost a fortune in, in today's market. So what, are they prepared to, to go out and spend that kind of money? Um, I'm not so sure. So they may well just take one step back from that. Uh, we may well kind of, you know, progress from Haaland. There's a few people out there suggesting that he's going to be another Lukaku and not be a good fit. Um, at City, I kind of disagree with that. Um, but we'll see. It might well happen. It might backfire. But right now, I'm just buzzing to have him. It's unbelievable. He's a generational talent. He's he's a freak of nature. Mm. Um, and let's see, because if it clicks, and if he does score all his goals... Because the thing is, I mean, City's goal scoring this season is phenomenal. Um, no one's outscored it in all of Europe. And we've done it without a centre-forward. I mean, that's down to Pep Guardiola. That's down to his genius. But we're also wasting a lot of chances, as daft as it sounds. We, we are wasteful. So if some of them go in, courtesy Haaland, how many goals is he going to score? Christ. Mm. I mean, it, it, it terrifies me already. I mean, knowing how, how many goals City do tend to score against West Ham. And then, having, <laughs> and then having Erling Haaland up against Craig Dawson next season, as much as I love Craig right. Dawson. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same it's, here. Yeah. it's worrying. It really is worrying. Because as you said, he is a freak of nature. He's just uh, yeah. never, I've never, never seen anything like him, really. He's just completely different. No, I found out yesterday, and I don't know if this is true. This was kind of told to me in the pub last night. But apparently Everton had him when he was 16 uh, for really? a whole week as well. And they turned him down. Oh my word! I know, yeah. But, <laughs> That's uh, such a typical Everton thing to do. Yeah, well, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, probably had uh, like a growth spurt soon after, and you know, he, but yeah, even so, God, surely it was evident at that age. 
Madness, madness. In, in terms of the fact you're going for 60 million quid, though, that then surely frees up, you know, mm. an opportunity to spend big elsewhere in the squad that, that you might need. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned the, the defensive injuries, and we'll get onto that in a minute, previewing the game. It's, it's worried me a little bit in terms of uh, Declan Rice's situation because, yeah. you know, Rodri's good. Fernandinho's, what, about 50 years old now? I think he's leaving, yeah. He's yeah. leaving. It, at the moment, there's only really one club in my eyes, given what's happening at Chelsea, that who mm. can afford the price tag that West Ham have, have rightly put on Rice's shoulders. Yeah. Do you think there's now risk, given that Haaland's been a bit of a snip at 60 million, that mm. Pep might go, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for Rice this summer? It's, that position and it's that kind of player that we're after. So mm. it's whether it's Rice or, or someone else, certainly I can say that it's that, exactly that kind of player that we're after. Um, with Fernandinho leaving, um, just to take some of the pressure off Rodri, because obviously over a you know seventy game season, if he if he gets injured in September or something, you know we won't have anyone else. So um, not that Rice would be kind of you know a backup to Rodri is too good for that anyway, but. That's possibly why I think we won't go for Declan because he is that level above what we'd be after. Possibly it would be someone at a level below who could, who wouldn't be happy to be back up, but would, you know, settle for a bit. Yeah, to do yeah. a job, yeah. Whereas Rice would be a starter and we've got Rodri. So we can't play two players in that position, obviously. Um, but you have to be right as regards to the financial implications because we do have kind of a hundred million pounds to spend essentially mm. now on top of Haaland. Um but we are after kind of a specialist fallback as well and they don't come cheap. So we'll have to wait and see. You can reel United out, can't we? I mean 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So without United and you're absolutely right about Chelsea, then I can't also see him going abroad. So who else is there? It, it's City or, or staying at West Ham. Um I I'd, I'd rather stay at West Ham frankly. I don't want to see Declan Rice play you know, a handful of games next season at City, having cost £100 million. I don't want that flack, and I don't want to fall out of West Ham fans because we've got <laughs> such a good relationship. So I'd rather yeah. it didn't happen, honestly. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if I had a pick, if I could pick who he went to, because you know, we've all come to terms with the fact that, you know, he's, he's going to leave, if it's not this summer, it'll be mm. maybe January or, or next summer. Um, I'd rather him go to City than any, anywhere else. And you're right, I don't think he's suited to continental football. No, um, no. Real Madrid have been touted. He doesn't. He doesn't fit in well at Real Madrid. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I, I see him in a city shirt as well. When I think about it, I see him in a city shirt, which mm. frustrates me a little bit. Knowing that you've got still got money to spend, and I'm like, just one more year, just back off a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, no, I get that. And I think he'll get the captain to see if he stays because obviously no one's retiring. Um, so well, fingers can, crossed. Well, if if Rice stays, will you have money to spend this summer? Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. we, well, we've just had some investment from um, one of the richest men in uh, Czech Republic. Right. He's he's worth more than the guys buying Chelsea. Uh, right. He's, okay. he's bought twenty seven percent of the club, and he's already said, well, "I'm going to I'm going to whack some money in the coffers." So we'll have money to spend. Whether we can trust uh, David Salomon to spend it correctly is a completely different matter. <laughs> so it's still up in the air whether you know he might get he might have the money, but will he spend it? And we know how fruit um, how careful David Moyes yeah, is. Yeah. In the window, but we'll see. We'll see. But let's look ahead to this this Sunday's game. Um, City lost at the London Stadium for the first ever time. I mean, lost. I mean, it was a penalty shootout. It was a goalless draw, but yeah, yeah. Um, which ended your 
your love affair with the Car- five year love affair with the Carabao Cup. <laughs> that that um, hurt more than the Real Madrid game. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll <laughs> bet. But you've still won five out of your seven visits and you scored 23 goals and see just two since you moved into that stadium. Mm. I know you said at the beginning that you know, you, you're not as confident as perhaps you you, know, you were going into other games previously. You know, do you st- still think there's enough about you, even without a defence, to, to extend that record? See, you'll know far more about this than myself, but my feeling from the outside looking in is that it was easier to play at West Ham and it suited us to play at West Ham in seasons past. Mm. Big, lovely stadium, big, lovely pitch. The fans kind of, you know, quite distant to the kind of, to the action, you know, noise, but not an intimidating atmosphere. That seems to be changed now. I mean, you can tell me if if I'm right or not, but it just does seem to be a, a more a harder place to go and play at now, whereas it used to be, you know, quite a pleasant day, frankly. And, and you know, against a good team who used to come and play open football against us, all the elements were there for us. You know, it suited us. Now, you know, that's not the case. You don't want to go and play at West Ham. It's it's a very hard place to go to. Yeah, we've... we've this is the season where it really feels like home. Yeah. yeah. Um, not not Upton Park home, but it, it feels more yeah. like home for West Ham fans. And that's because, and I said it right at the beginning, and I might have even said it to you in the past, that all we needed was good memories there. We needed a bit of success there. We needed some some big nights yeah. for in order for us to really kind of take to it and, and begin to accept it. And we've had that this season and last season, although yeah. most of last season was behind closed doors. But, you know, we've beaten Seville there in one of the best nights we've had there since we moved. Um, you know, we, we had a good result against Leon. We've beaten... You guys there this season, we've beaten Spurs, um, Liverpool, yes. Chelsea there. So we've had some big nights and um, barring the last two games against Arsenal and Frankfurt, we we, we, did very, we hadn't lost at home for a long time. Mm. Um, and I think we've only failed to score in a home game twice since um, what midway through last season, I think. Mm. So we're, we're getting there at home. And the good thing about what David Moyes has done is that we don't get thrashed anymore. Yeah, exactly. I hope that doesn't change Absolutely. on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, yeah. you know, I think we've lost by two or more goals just twice all season against yeah. Brentford and um, uh, our Brentford, Arsenal, and Spurs. Yeah. Other than that, you know, it's, it tends to be tight games. You know, we haven't conceded more than three goals, and I can't remember the last time we did that in one game. So we are certainly harder to beat, particularly at home. Um, but given that City are going for the title, I know you said you can, you, you can well, afford to drop points, but yeah, uh, and the fact that you are, you seem to be so angry at the moment and so just <laughs> hell bent on just wiping any anyone who gets in your way, just going to absolutely thrash them. Yeah. But the, defensively, it, it looks like it's going to be a Rodri and Aki centre back pairing. It's not good, mate. I mean, Aki isn't fit. He's he's half fit. Um, he's right. got an ankle problem. Um, I don't know if I'm speaking out of school here, but I'll you know. Uh, it's not really kind of released by the club, but this ankle problem is kind of very similar to what David Silva had for a right. whole season where he, he could play, but it was always with painkilling injections and he just, you know, hobbled through the season. That's Nathan Ake this season. So even if he plays and you've got Rodri, who was, to my mind, I think he's played at the back once for one half of City. Um, it's not a familiar role for him. Um, he's not really a player blessed with too much pace either. Um, so we could get turned. Um, and then, of course, we'd, we'd have to kind of, um, that would mean that Fernandinho isn't available, so we'd have to play Gundo in, in the middle in the holding role, um, which is fine. He's, he's great in that role, but Gundo and, and De Bruyne in the same midfield just never tends to 
be as impactful as it, it does if they play separately. There's problems throughout that team, really, and it all stems from the back, uh, and it all stems from personnel, so not application, obviously. So, yeah, it, it's, there's reasons to be fearful. Um, it's just come at the worst possible time. Mm. Um, whether it's enough to get us over the line, I believe it will, but we didn't need this complication, you know, and, and, mm. and it really is complication. The idea of Bowen uh, Antonio going up against, you know, Rodri and um, Ake, that doesn't fill me with confidence at all. Well, that was, that was going to be my next question, is that, you know, given the what's argue, was probably going to be a makeshift defence, mm. uh, particularly in the centre of defence, with, you know, Bowen's just been nominated for power, one of the players of the season. Yeah. And Antonio, you know, he scored like, his goal-scoring form hasn't been great. He did score last weekend against Norwich, but even when he's not scoring, he's causing defensive problems. Yeah, yeah. And you've got yeah. Lanzini and Ben Rama who who are beginning to you know hit a bit of form. Lanzini's been good all season. Ben Rama scored two last week. That's that's the key for West Ham. Hundred percent is to is to target that defence. But it's yeah. all going to be about City's attack, isn't it? It always is. Well, someone mentioned earlier, so I'm not taking credit for this because I think it's absolutely bang on. We're just going to have to Kevin Keegan it. You know, from the next two games, we are. And it's just back in the day when he was at City and it was a case of, okay, you score two, we'll score three. Um, The best bet for this weekend is to back West Ham and City, both teams to score, because it will happen. Um, And yeah, whether it's 2-1, 3-2, I'll always back City, you know, in a game like this. But yeah, it's not going to be easy by any stretch. And it's certainly not going to be kind of a... um, the same as previous games where we've been steamrolling teams. That's mm. just not going to happen. It's just not. Well, it's comforting to hear that, mate, because um, <laughs> I have been, I've been just seeing you smash everyone and just thinking, oh, God, that's, it's our turn on Sunday. It's yeah. our turn. No. Um, and obviously, we need the point. Probably just need one point to guarantee seventh at least, but it'd be nice to beat United and, and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and condemn United yeah. to Conference League football and we can snatch Europa League <laughs> again for, for another year. That'd be nice, wouldn't yeah. it? Uh, maybe that's what City can do. They can they can do us do us do everyone a favour. It would, um, yeah, yeah. It crossed my mind that you know <laughs> if you were playing anyone else this this weekend, I'd be you know, rooting for you. But um, yeah, we just just in case of a slip up against Villa. Yeah, fair yeah. Play. <laughs> fair play. Let's have a score prediction then, Steve. Where, how do you think it's going to go? You said both teams to score. Mm. Would you uh, I I think two one. Uh, it could very conceivably be a ridiculous three two or something. Um, but I'll I'll go play it safe and say two one City. Nice. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay faithful. I don't think we'll win, but I think both as you said both teams will score. I'm gonna go for a Desmond two two. Yeah. Um, is is my favourite prediction. Um, and I think <laughs> that certainly will be goals. Um, yeah. and Bowen Bowen's just on fire at the moment, and I really think he's gonna he'll be on the score sheet. So. Uh, but yeah, no, Steve. Thanks for thanks for joining us, mate. Pleasure, mate. Um, it's always a pleasure having you on. Um, good luck for the title race. Um, not so much for Sunday, but <laughs> yes. hopefully, hopefully we're both we're both happy come next weekend. Uh, yeah. What sort of what six o'clock ne- next Sunday afternoon? But Steve, really appreciate appreciate you coming on. I'm going to let you go Definitely. now, and you can celebrate the ten year anniversary of that Aguero goal. A bit more crack a beer open. It is past midday now, so um, yeah, yeah, it's allowed, yeah. You, yeah. you can definitely have a pint and uh, and, and relive it all over again. Um, but appreciate you coming on, mate, and stay with us. Josie, the West Ham women finished their season on the weekend. A 2-0 home defeat to Arsenal. They held out 
nil-nil till the hour mark when Stina Blacksteinius scored Arsenal's opener before Stephanie Catley added their second uh, just six minutes later. West Ham didn't manage a shot on target, 36% possession. Um, yeah, all in all, um, a bit of a, uh, a defeat on the last day. However, mate, what a finish to the season. Sixth place in the end, which is an absolutely brilliant achievement. Uh, one place ahead or one place and one point ahead of Brighton in seventh, two points ahead of eighth place Reading and six points clear of Aston Villa in ninth. So as we've been talking about the beginning of the season, that little mini league um, of its own in the middle of the WSL outside the established top four of Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City and Manchester United. A great season by Tottenham as well. We finished fifth on 32 points and a positive goal difference. West Ham's finished on minus 10 in the end, a couple of threshings throughout the season. But ultimately, mate, I think it's it's absolutely brilliant news. It was a great end to the season. And it's a real shame because it's been announced since, of course, that Paul Koncheski has been appointed as the head coach of the West Ham women uh, because Oli Harder has left the club. Um, yeah, thoughts on, on the end to the season, the season as a whole, and that Oli Harder news? Well, first up, top half finish. Um Similar to uh, the men's run to the Europa League semi-final, kind of wasn't expecting a top half finish this season. See, last year just about staying up, um, kind of going into this one thinking as long as they can ensure they're not in a relegation battle, but you know, pick up a good result here and there. <laughs> um, that's that's the aim. So to finish in the top half of the WSL is is, is an incredible achievement, really. And um, we've said it most weeks now that the job Ollie Hard has done this season was incredible. Um, so, yeah, obviously, the results towards the end of the season were expected. But um, just a bit of a shock to see Oli Harder leave. It was kind mm. of came, came as a bit of a shock. And, but from reading articles and, and, you know, hearing from the likes of Oli Harder, who's, who's, who's come out and endorsed it, that, you know, Paul Koncheski seems like the right man for the job. Seems mm. like he's very, very well respected down there he's he's respected amongst the players and, and the coaching staff that will be there um and Oli Harder himself said that he was one of the he, he was a key component to the success they've had this season so it sounds like um they've got the right man in so yeah hopefully he can he can make a difference um and continue that what what is beginning to be a bit of a, a an upward trajectory for the for the squad yeah, hopefully. You got, I mean, um, Oli Harder informed the club of his decision to move on to seek new opportunities before that Arsenal game. So that Arsenal game was his final match in charge. Uh, club obviously knew that, were prepared for it and spoke to Koncheski as well and decided to appoint him off the back of it. Um, and there's, you know, there's quotes from, from Harder there and it seems to be quite a, you know, a positive feel-good piece or whatever. Um, he's proud and honoured to have had the opportunity to work for West Ham. Um, so speaking, I believe I'm leaving the club in a really good place and I'm sure if it continues to build on this platform of success, the future is bright. Uh, but I, I like the sound of that, really. I, I think it's a real shame that he's gone, to be quite honest. Uh, I don't think uh, there's been too much about as to where he's going to go next. But, um, yeah, I, I think certainly given, you know, the... Uh, the state the club was in when he came in, he stove off relegation, didn't he? That first season after Matt Beard had left the club in a bit of a mess, um, or sorry, the club wa was in a bit of a mess upon Matt Beard's departure, shall we say? Um, yeah, I 
I think it's a shame, really, but he obviously feels it's time to to move on. And he's right. He has left the club in a good place. Um, so, yeah, we wish him all the best as well. And uh, here's to Paul Koncheski. Look, we'll, we'll do a bit more on the women's team, as we mentioned in our end-of-season podcast, that we always do. But that 2-0 defeat against Arsenal caps off a brilliant campaign for the girls. Coming sixth after after the shambles of last season is, uh, yeah, he's absolutely brilliant from everyone involved. So congratulations to Ollie and the team. Good luck to Paul uh, in his new gig. And yeah, well done to Kate Longhurst as well for winning uh, Women's Player of the Year at the award ceremony last night. Stay with us. Final thoughts from me and Jonesy next. Well, that's it, Jonesy. Uh, that's it for another show. Uh, it's just just so emotional, just exhausting all this, isn't it? Um, but we've got another one out of the way. Uh, we're coming to the end of our own season as well, Jonesy, of course. We will, uh, yeah, we'll do the uh, the podcast next week, as we always do. And then after that final game uh, of the season, there'll be one more for me and Jonesy, we'll do the end of season review, uh, the sort of mammoth feature length one. Me and James will meet up in a pub in London somewhere, have a few beers and uh, have a chat about um, all things West Ham United. That will come after the last game of the season at Brighton. Uh, and then we're going to have, we haven't decided yet exactly how long, but we will have a considerable amount of time off. It'll be sort of at least a month. Um, just to give ourselves a bit of a chance to rest, we'll do some planning as we always do for next season, try and get a few more things in the bag. Uh, it's been a bit of a long haul for us this year that I've sort of both changed um, or both changed jobs, uh, new jobs. And obviously with the double game weeks we've had keeping up with West Ham, it's been a bit of a challenge. But uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, there'll be your, your normal podcast. Uh, next week, um, which we'll look back to Man City, head to Brighton, and then after Brighton, it'll be the end of season review, and that'll be us for a few weeks. Uh, Jonesy, it's just, yeah, it's just exhausting all this, isn't it? It's just emotionally draining being a West Ham fan. Who knew it would be almost as tiring when your team's good as it is when they're bad? Yeah, like, it's 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 nice, though. It's a nice emotional. Hmm, um, although the emotions have come off the back of losing in the Europa League and uh, you know, the, your captain leaving after 18 years. Um, it's a nice emotional. I'd much rather it be like this than the the crap we've had to put up with before, mm. and what we've been emotional about in the past. So, yeah, as we said earlier on in the pod, um, disappointed about what happened on Thursday, but even more proud that we did what we did and we got to where we got to. And we were able to experience that journey along the way. And um, hopefully we can experience it again next season in one way, shape or form. Um, it probably is looking like it's the Conference League. Um, hopefully it's the Europa League. But if not, we'll, it's looking likely that we're going to be able to do it all again next year. Um, so, yeah, lots to look, lots to be positive about for me. It's just um, it's, it's now at the stage where I get a bit nervous about what's going to happen in the summer regarding recruitment. You know what I'm like, mate. Um, and particularly given nothing happened in January, like, it's so important that we do it. So, But let's see what happens over the next two games. Hopefully we can beat Brighton uh, for you know for the first time in our history. Mm. And um, we can go from there. But yeah, loads to look forward to, mate. I'm excited about everything. It's, it's great. Like, it's just <laughs> such a good time to be a West Ham fan, isn't it? 
It is good, mate, but I'll be honest, I haven't got the capacity to start thinking about flipping transfers. I really have not <laughs> Do you know got what? the I thought, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say, I've got the capacity to start thinking about beating Brighton. And I was like, yeah. Oh, that. God, yeah. Well, definitely that. <laughs> I'm not I'm not stupid enough to think that at all, mate. So, yeah, listen, uh, incredible, incredible season. It's not over yet. We've still got stuff to strive for. Every chance. I mean, it's will be a slim one that we could actually be in the Europa League again, which would be phenomenal. What a competition it's been for us this season. Uh, I'm just so happy to have been able to do some of the things we've been able to do. We remember them forever. Shame the the manner we went out, perhaps, but you know, at least we weren't completely walloped, played off the park. The boys, David Moyes, all the players, the whole club, really just done us all of us so so proud. They're giving us memories that will last forever. Wherever you watch them, at home, abroad, in the stadiums, you know, everyone's got their own experiences of it. And just to compare to where this club has been for the last 10 years, you know, before we, before la- the, before the beginning of last season, West Ham's average Premier League position since we came up from the Championship last time with the playoff win over Blackpool was 12th. And I mean, that tells you just how mediocre. There's a couple of 16ths thrown in there, a 14th. And it just shows you just how mediocre and average it's all been. And remember, remember, those of us particularly who were at Upton Park, this and this season is what we were promised. This is where the bar should be. Declan Rice said it last night. This is where the bar should be now. But don't for a second, any of you listening to this podcast or watching it, think that you don't deserve this because it's what we were all promised when we were ripped away from our spiritual home. At Upton Park. London Stadium feels like a home for me now. It's the home we've got. Some of the memories, the Sevilla game in particular, that we've been given have have made that so. But uh, yeah, what a season it's been. Good win over Norwich at the weekend. Still stuff to play for. Couple of games to go. Couple of podcasts to go. Thanks for listening. As always, everyone, West Ham United really proving to the whole entire world that they are massive everywhere they go. Up the Hammers. We'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.